There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Your weekend home for all things sport. This is The Grill on Dubai Eye 103.8. Live from Barasti. Here's Tom Urquhart. Live from Barasti where the game is always on. Just waiting for uh, the second half to start in the Premier League. We'll keep an eye on those ones for you. Uh, players starting to make their way back out onto various fields around the Premier League. Uh, we will bring you all the goals as and when they go in. Uh, let's get to the rugby now. Uh, and fascinating game taking place at the moment. Uh, it is obviously all about the European Cup action, uh, the Cup action, the Challenge action. And the Warriors are in action. Glasgow Warriors looking to... We're looking to channel that warrior spirit. For almost 400 years, warriors ruled Scotland's western seaboards. Viking invaders, once the dominant force, were defeated by the warriors. The warrior nation strengthened, and in 1164, they sailed in large numbers up the River Clyde. Through the years, the warriors have rooted themselves in the heart of Glasgow, becoming a force to be reckoned with. Inspiring their community and respecting their history, the warriors put their bodies on the line, fighting for their families and their city. And now, in 2019, a new era begins for Glasgow Warriors. Scotstone Stadium is their home, their fortress, and to defend it, they will do whatever it takes. Well, that stadium, that fortress is being bombarded by the Chiefs at the moment as the Warriors against the Chiefs. And an interesting sort of subplot to this one. It's the return of what the Warriors own because Stuart Hogg made the decision to go down south to continue his uh, rugby career uh, with Exeter Chiefs at the beginning of the season. Was with Glasgow Warriors before. It's the first time he's been back at the Warriors. Hoggy? There's a lot of pressure in life. Pressure is what I put on myself. The reason I came to the Exeter Chiefs and was because I wanted to, to learn and improve both on and off the field. You've got to want to get better because you're never going to be the finished article. There is an emphasis on Europe. This is the competition you want to be involved in. It was a bit weird drawing Glasgow in the pool stage. I've never been in a position to, to play against my former club. Uh, when it came round to the game, you know, I, I was extremely nervous. I made a couple of mistakes early on that my confidence maybe took a little hit, but you can't be overwhelmed with the situation or you're, or you're going to crumble under pressure. The, the biggest competition in Europe, the best competition in Europe, and the one that everybody wants to win. So Stuart Hogg, uh, back in Glasgow, uh, but wearing the Chiefs headdress rather than the Warriors. How's he faring? Yeah, it's all tied up uh, between Glasgow taking on Exeter Chiefs. Exeter Chiefs, of course, leading the uh, Premiership in uh, England at the moment and at half time it's 24 points apiece high scoring match there at Glasgow between those two teams the other match taking place currently is in pool 5 it's Connick also all tied up with the French outfit Toulouse 7 points apiece there couple results have come in from the early kickoffs in the Champions Cup Tom Claremont Averne were too strong for Ulster they defeated them 29 points to 13 and Saracens bottom 
of the Premiership, negative 35 after the uh, points deduction there for the salary cap breaches, are faring better in Europe. They are they had a win earlier against the uh, Welsh team, the Ospreys, 22 points to 15. Late kickoff in the Champions Cup is this evening. Down your part of uh, the English world, down in Gloucester, Tom. Gloucester will be entertaining the French uh, giants Montpellier. Uh, that's what's happening in the world of rugby. Just want to turn our attention to the world of golf, if we can. Uh, Bench, we're going to be hearing from Patrick Reed in a few moments' time. Uh, the reason I want to talk about Patrick Reed um, is—is is he the most hated sportsman on the planet at the moment? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember a time in golf where someone hated a golfer as much as Patrick Reed is getting. For those for the, right those now. that don't know, can we can we explain to people why he is the villain of the piece at the moment? Well, Patrick Reed at the Hero World Golf Championship Challenge in the Bahamas improved his lie on the sand not once but twice, and so he's been labeled a cheater, um, which some people might say is a strong word. A lot of people, um, you know, feel like it was maybe a an honest mistake, but the fact that he did it two times on the same type of play certainly points to uh, he knew what he was doing when he was trying to uh, improve his lie. So now it's to the point, how does he make this go away? Because, you know, he's in a, he's a kind of in a, a bit of a PR crisis right now. But I just kind of think he's doing it all the wrong way. He's kind of attacking the people that keep calling him a cheater instead of maybe doing some type of public PR tour where he comes out and he says, listen, I disgraced the game a little bit. I'm very sorry for my actions. You know, he needs a good PR guy in his corner, I think, right now because he's going about it by... He, he's, he, he threatened a lawsuit against a commentator who called him a cheater. And now, of course, the commentator's blowing up this and, you know, putting this out there. So it's just giving him more and more headache. And you saw what happened with Patrick Reed when he went out to Australia and the fans heckling. And we have a goal. Go ahead, Tommy. Going to come back to you on that one in a few moments' time. There's been another goal at Old Trafford. And just like the last time as well, one at Old Trafford, one at Stamford Bridge. Let's go to Old Trafford first. Yeah, uh, Marcus Oscar. Rashford has doubled his goals for the day. He's scored two. And it means that Manchester United now lead Norwich two goals to nil. Brandon Williams, the young... Uh, Midfielder, the young, the young left back burst into the box. He was upended. Rashford stepped up, converted the penalty. He scored earlier in the first half. It's Manchester United two, Norwich nil. Meanwhile, over at Stamford Bridge and Chelsea's uh, afternoon, say evening, has just got that much better as well. Lovely play here uh, from Chelsea uh, as Mason Mount uh, squares the ball uh, to as Pelaqueta. Lovely direction to Tammy Abraham with the first touch uh, and then of course the goal put in by Tammy Abraham isn't it was it Tammy Abraham because last Tam Tam Tammy Abraham I think had the, the final touch did Tom it was uh, a no, great Tammy Abraham with the header and was it uh, I think the goal Hudson would definitely Adoy? be credited to Hudson Adoy yeah Hudson Adoy as he's pointed yeah Abraham's given it to him so Hudson Adoy with the final touch and it will be he who takes the goal Chelsea leading Burnley by three goals to nil can I get your thoughts on the Patrick Reid thing I mean it's not like, you know, he's, you know, people in sport have done things a lot worse. But is that just a, is that a guide of the sort of the crossing of the, the gentleman's conduct that is golf? I guess with golf, it's, it's a game where you self-penalise. You penalise yourself and then there are judges. And he's a guy that, uh, it's not the first time that Patrick Reed's been courted in this type of controversy. Obviously, he's a high-profile character. Uh, particularly around the Ryder Cups, he's very, very vocal. He's very sort of uh, uh, demonstrative in his actions, and he was um, found to be cheating. He um, improved his lie in a bunker in a recent tournament, 
and denied it, and he was found and penalised multiple shots, and he's yet to admit um, what looked like a very visible display of cheating. So he, he's a guy that's um, attracted a lot of controversy in what's sometimes termed the gentleman's game, isn't it? It's a very sort of self-regulating game, and I think we have more goals coming from Old Trafford. Indeed we do. Let's get down to Old Trafford. Another goal there. Manchester United are rampant this afternoon. Uh, who's on the score sheet for them this time? Looks like Anthony Martial. We'll get confirmation from Mark Archer on this. It is indeed, yeah. The Frenchman, Anthony Martial, has jumped in. Great finish just after Man United had gone 2-0 up with the penalty from Rashford scoring his double. It's a cross that's come in from the right-hand side. And the header by Anthony Martial has got past... Um, and into the Norwich goal there past Tim Krull. So it means that uh, Old Trafford, at 10 minutes into the second half, it's Manchester United 3, Norwich 0. It looks like all three points be wrapped up by the team in red. Interesting at Chelsea as well. Still says 3-0 to Chelsea, but I'm pretty sure that that last goal from Hudson-Odoi was ruled out by VAR. They certainly put the suggestion up that it was no goal because it was offside, but remains to say uh, 3-0 on the scoreboard. We're waiting to see what the uh, final decision is there from the referee. Keep an eye on that one for you. Patrick Reid then, uh, the villain of the piece, as Ross was saying as well, not doing himself any favours with the press. And they're probably the people you really want to court, aren't they? Yeah, he seems to basically deflecting it every time he gets asked. But I'll tell you one thing, his game's thriving. He's Ever since he's been caught cheating or whatever you want to call it he's been doing quite well he managed to put this aside at Sunday singles at the President's Cup he had a great tournament last week in Maui so he seems to do well under all this circus around him uh, so it doesn't really affect his game in fact he's been playing quite well talking of the press how have they reacted to uh, the panto villain at the moment of the world of golf he's not going to to give the response that certainly a lot of america a lot of the golf world and brandle would want him to do it's not realistic why it would do wonders for him it's not happening so he's going to take it on this way this is his decision and it's clear the way he's handling this we saw the interviews with todd it's i love playing for my country uh, i embrace the fans what happened at the third hole today is, is he going to see this every time he's in the hunt absolutely and and the other thing that sort of we have to give uh, some consideration to, or is these are some of the smaller crowds on the PGA Tour, um, and and probably not as into the concessions and the beer and stuff. I mean, we're going to get to some hostile environments that Patrick Reed is used to playing in, where you know the the alcohol's flowing, and and in on a late Friday afternoon when he's coming down, maybe on the 18th hole, he's going to hear a lot more, maybe even worse, and so it's something that's going to give. Um, the PGA Tour and the security, uh, something to think about. But most importantly, it's just something that he's going to have to deal with. And uh, I think he's proven up to this point that those sorts of things sort of take a backdrop to when, when he focuses on his golf. He's still able to perform at an extremely high level in the face of distractions that would put a lot of other players yeah, off I, their I, game. I'm not, I'm, no one's take what he did this week and, and his ability to, to put adversity behind him is incredible. But if you think it's only going to get worse, Noda, does it get to the point where Reed eventually says, I have no choice but to do exactly what Brandel said? And by that point, is it too late if it happens in April, May, June when that apology happens? Uh, I don't think we'll ever get to that point. I don't think um, 
Patrick Reed sort of sees it in the same light as a lot of people, and I think he's just going to sort of stick with the decision that he's made up to this point and, and do his best to move on. Now, whether or not everybody else feels the same way is just going to sort of be a case-by-case, a week-by-week situation, but I don't think he's going to try and change any of the positions that he's taken on this issue thus far. Imagine him on the 16th tee at the Waste Management. It's, it's difficult because no one wants that happening to Patrick Reed or anyone else. When it happens to Sergio, uh, a purist golf fan, you don't want someone impacted by someone yelling in the middle of your backswing or something like that that can affect a golf tournament. And certainly it is unfair to him that that would happen. So let's hope that, I mean, to your point, Hawaii is about as tame as it's going to get. You say nobody wants to see that happen. Nobody wants to see what happened at the Hero House. Listening to Dubai, I want a three-pointer. You're listening to The Grill. We're broadcasting live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Uh, things are all set there at the moment. However, there are problems out there on the roads. Um, we are giving you regular updates uh, of what's happening on the roads at the moment. Thankfully, no rain, no more rain uh, as yet since we've been on air. But that hasn't uh, detracted from the problems that are on the roads. Sitting water and a number of major thoroughfares. We've had official warnings from Dubai airports. Please check your flights in advance. Standing water still on the uh, main um, runways and at the airport as well. We've also got a number of road closures around the city with a number of junctions onto the major thoroughfares being affected. Sheikh Zayed Road has been a problem area throughout the course of the day and although things are drying up, we are Ross Christ expecting more rain a little later on this evening. Yeah, we're supposed to get some rain between the hours of 12 and 2 o'clock, so make sure you stay dry out there. For everyone wondering, will we have school tomorrow? Won't we have school right now? KHDA tweeting an hour ago. Well, it's up to the principals of the school. Right now, they have not canceled school for anyone. They're telling everyone to say, stay safe. Follow them at KHDA if you want to find out if your little one is has class tomorrow. Yeah, uh, talking of updates, also worth uh, getting I- in touch with, uh, staying in touch with a number of different sources. Dubai Police are giving you regular updates of road closures, uh, as are the RTA. In fact, RTA are, are dropping notes onto your phones throughout the course of the day, uh, just advising of best routes to travel and best routes to avoid as well. Plus, Dubai I 103.8 uh, FM. Our uh, news team are working tirelessly throughout the course of the day to give you updates uh, on the situation. A lot of people have had very frustrating journeys uh, as a result of the significant rainfall last night. More rain expected this evening, so do make sure that you keep updated uh, on the situation. And if there's anything out there that you see that we should know about, please feel free to send us your thoughts. One text message I just want to get and get verified uh, with my friend Ross Christ. We were talking about uh, sportsmen playing till uh, 40 and over on the back of both Chris Gale and uh, uh, Tom Brady also coming out this week saying that they wanted to play till they were 45. Um, uh, this one from one of our listeners, Tim Horton, as in the Canadian coffee chain, played in the NHL until his death in a car crash when he was 44. Is that correct? I don't know how old he was. Let's see right here. He died in a car crash, did he? I, I honestly do not know how Tim Horton passed away, Tom. I, I, I am not. I'll uh, set you I'm not into my um, 
my Canadian coffee as, oh. as much as oh. I am into the old McDonald's coffee. Uh, we're talking footballers and footballers that have played to a certain age. Andy Legg was one suggestion. He retired from 42, a former Swansea City and Cardiff City player. Teddy Sheringham played until he was 42 years of age. In fact, he registered himself as a player just a couple of years ago. Was it last year? For age 49, I think he was. For what, one a of the player, lower league teams. what a player he was. Uh, technical brilliance, Teddy Sheringham. Roger Mia, how can we forget him as well? Cameroon. Uh, became the oldest goal scorer in World Cup history when he scored for Cameroon, aged 42 in the 94 World Cup. Uh, Kevin Phillips uh, played until he was uh, 40. Romario, the Brazilian striker, played until he was 42. Uh, Javier Zanetti uh, played uh, until he was 41. Uh, we've mentioned Ryan Giggs already. Rivaldo is another man, the Brazilian uh, legend, who retired at the age of 43, playing his uh, final games down in the Chinese league. And then, of course, you've got the evergreen Italians. Francesco Totti played till he was 40, and Paolo Maldini played till he was 41. I'll tell you who's also, also in his 40. Is the, who's the goalkeeper, the Italian goalkeeper? Buffon. You know, Buffon must be in his 40s now. Yes. I think he is actually 40, yes. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's yes. been around a long time. Certainly still up there, that's for sure. Okay, any other suggestions for uh, sports stars that have gone past their 40s and still played at the top of their game? Feel free to share your thoughts with us now. Text us on 4001. Unbelievable goal! This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Game on indeed. Uh, only one result to bring you from Italy a little earlier on, uh, where it was uh, AC Milan uh, with goals from the old man Ibrahimovic and the young man uh, Leo uh, to seal the deal against Cagliari. Lazio against Napoli off at 9.45 and then Inter Milan are in action against Atalanta at 11.45 this evening. Spanish Copa del Rey, a couple of results to be, bring you. Wins for Real Zaragoza, for Osasuna, for Mirandes and Mallorca in the early kickoffs. Uh, several underway at the moment, which we'll keep an eye on as well. Uh, let's go to the world of cricket now. Mark Archer's got your cricket wrap. Yeah, no live international cricket taking place at the moment. Of course, England uh, squared up their series against uh, the South Africans in Cape Town in the week, winning the second test match. And yesterday in India, they had a big win against Sri Lanka by 78 runs in the T20 series to win that up. But let's just have a quick uh, look at a cricket update from around the world. First up, an all-round dominating performance by India in the final T20I in Pune gives them a 2-0 series victory. Former England captain Andrew Strauss says the ICC should not mandate four-day tests for the sake of it, and South Africa name an unchanged squad for the remainder of the test series against England. First up, India beat Sri Lanka by 78 runs in the third and final T20I in Pune to win the three-match series 2-0. India rode a rapid 97-run opening partnership and a blistering finish from Manish Pandey and Shadul Thakur to total 201 for six. India's bowlers sky through Sri Lanka's top order, removing four batsmen inside the power play, allowing Sri Lanka no more than 35 runs during the field restrictions to derail their daunting chase. Navdeep Saini picked up three wickets, while Shadul Thakur and Washington Sunda picked up two each as Sri Lanka was shot out for 123 in just 15.5 overs. Former England captain and current ECB director of cricket Andrew Strauss, who now sits on the ICC's cricket committee, has warned that any move towards making four-day tests mandatory should be an easy sell or we shouldn't be doing it. While conceding that efforts had to be made to improve the health of Test cricket globally, Strauss suggested game length was only one part of the discussion. 
South Africa have named an unchanged 16-man squad for the second half of the ongoing four-match series against England, but there's unlikely to be any tinkering to the 11 that lost at Newlands. South Africa had won the first test at Centurion before losing the test at Newlands. They lost Aidan Markram to injury between those tests, with Peter Mullan slotting in as the replacement and doing well on debut. The series is now locked at one apiece, with the next test starting from January the 16th. That's your wrap from the world of cricket. Big win yesterday or last evening, India over Sri Lanka. India 201 for six in their 20 overs and Sri Lanka dismissed for only 123 in 15.5 overs. Leading the way for India was the opening batsman, Shikhar Darwin. This is what he had to say after his innings of 52. That is my job, that uh, we have to uh, take advantage of first six overs and... Uh, uh, whenever I thought that okay, I can dominate the baller, uh, I, I I go and do it. You know whether I have to step out or just stand and deliver. So I, I make sure I do it. Of course, against Sri Lanka, Malinga uh, bowls really well to left-handers. He very consistent with his in-swinging yorkers. So uh, that's why I, I changed my strategy even today from ball one and was attacking him as well because I knew that. Uh, I have to keep rotating the strike if he's not giving me that many loose deliveries. So that, that was my plan. Yeah. We, like we won the first match and today as a team we wanted to bat first as well because uh, we, we want to make us, we want to refine ourselves more while, while batting first and winning more games. So that brings a lot of confidence to us. So that's why consciously we're doing it and, uh, and the results in front of you that we're winning uh, even by, while batting first we are making big targets and it, it builds a lot of uh, confidence to us as a team as well. I'll say that we, of course, we dominated this series and uh, still, like, if I talk about myself, right, I had a challenge that I have come, coming back after injury and I have to perform. Uh, and so everyone have a different challenges, a lot of new players coming in. So they, they have their own challenges in their mind as well. So whenever you play international uh, game, the pressure is always there and uh, and yeah but still i would say that we dominated these series the series and uh, but at the same time everyone individually have their own challenges as well yeah. he's been bowling well and the way he batted today it was amazing uh, the shots he played today it was tremendous and i feel he's becoming more into an, an all-rounder especially shorter formats even one day as well and uh, t20 so it's a big benefit for us and for him for him as well you know that he's doing so great for himself so very happy for him and for the team as well uh, Shikhar with after his innings of 52 yesterday in India's win against Sri Lanka in the T20 International by 78 runs. A couple of days earlier, England defeated South Africa by 189 runs in Cape Town at Newlands to level the Test Series up one apiece. They head to Port Elizabeth later this week. That third test begins on Thursday. But who is the man of the moment again? He's done it in 2019 multiple times. Just when England needed five wickets in the final session, who stepped up? It was Ben Stokes, of course. Took three for 35 to get the victory for England. Ben Stokes, this is what he said as his man of the match performance after the game. Incredible, you know, this ground here is just amazing in itself. You know, the training days and stuff like that, the guys were blown away who haven't been here before. And I remember saying to a few of them, just wait until this place is full. Um, it's something else. The atmosphere throughout the whole five days was, was just incredible. Um, you know, we did a lap of honour there for, for the fans. And we always get great support um, all around the world. But 
honestly, this week just felt like it was to another level. It felt like a home game. They were just absolutely brilliant about me, Army, and everyone who came out to support us. Had to work hard today. Yeah, um, you know, we knew he'd sort of, you know, the day actually petered out how we thought it was going to peter out. And, you know, what we spoke about in the dressing room, there was going to be times where they were allowed to play well um, and nothing much was really going to happen. But we knew that we were one chance away throughout the whole day. You know, guys came in, then we got a wicket and then a little quiet period again. But then just something happened and, you know, you get into that last session needing five wickets and we were still like seriously in the game. And, you know, we left nothing out there. Um, you know, a, a pretty, oh, I don't know, dismissal out of nowhere that got us going there with um, Dennis getting the cock. Um, and then just, yeah, the game just took the, I don't know, the, the way that we've been on the receiving end a couple of times before. So it's great to get over the line there in such a dramatic way. There was a man of the match, Ben Stokes, after taking three for 35 in the final session to get the victory for England. Bad news for England is that Jimmy Anderson injured again. He will miss the rest of the series talked about uh, sportsmen towards the end of their careers. Uh, Jimmy Anderson is getting close to his. He's, he's struggling with multiple injuries now. It'll be interesting to see whether he can come back in the English summer when England go back uh, in the next couple of months' time where he can perform. But Test Series evened up really nicely now, Tom, after two Test matches. One apiece. Third match begins in PE. Faf Duplessis, the South African captain, reckons there's not much between the two teams and only a couple of big moments went England's way to w when they could win the second Test match. There's a lot of small margins in this test match, um, but for me, uh, extremely proud of how we fought. Um, you know, you never want to lose test matches. Of course, you don't want to. Um, but the challenge that we had to our group last night and this morning was that we will fight with everything that we've got within us to try and make England do anything and everything to, to beat us. And they have. They, they've thrown the kitchen sink at us. And just towards the end of the day, unfortunately, there needed to be a loser, which has been a fantastic five days of test cricket where both teams were on top and in some sessions were on par. But probably for the majority of the, the test match, England were better than us. Now, I know you've come around to the idea of Big Bash. You weren't his greatest advocate at the launch of Big Bash, but I don't think uh, either you or I can, uh, can deny the influence that Big Bash cricket has had both for the men's game and the women's game in, in, in recent seasons. Fascinating uh, moment and one for the real sort of anoraks like ourselves, Arch, uh, earlier on this week. I'm going to play the clip. Uh, this was um, uh, the uh, catch. Matthew Wade being caught uh, out uh, by a BBL rule change uh, after um, Renshaw's boundary assist. Fascinating little... Uh, so Matthew Wade caught out by Matthew Renshaw or not as the case may be. Tom Banton, in fact, the man who was uh, accredited with the catch. This is how it panned out. Some very handy lower order runs. So he goes high and long. Redshaw getting under it. He's right on the rope. He takes the catch. He bats it back, but he's over the rope. And he had nothing left to give. He was trying to work his way through it. You could see what he was thinking. With the umpire, Captain, the third umpire. He's in there on his own, isn't he? These are questions we need to have answers for, but <laughs> I think he's going to reverse the decision here. I think your reading of the rules is right, Copes. And, and these rules changed. They did. They a changed years ago. There was one at Josh Layla took that one was out the one. spot at Stadium. Stadium. Yep. So this is how it works. Uh, <clears throat> Renshaw caught the ball, stumbled backwards uh, over the boundary rope. 
lobbed it into the air as he fell over the boundary before jumping again behind the barrier and then parrying the ball back to Tom Banton. So it's not a question of going being in play and then parrying. It's a question of being out of play, but making sure you're off the ground to then parry the ball back over the boundary rope, despite the fact that his feet have touched the ground on the other side of that boundary rope, which defeats the object, doesn't it, of, of a field of being on the field of play in the first place. I'm a little bit confused, Tom, but um, if, if you're in the field of play and you've, you, you, you're trying to make complete the catch and you've whilst you're in the field of play jump and tap it up go out of play and then back it jump up in the air again then you then I think you've 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 gone over the boundary if you've jump and jumped from when you're when you're in the inside and not touched the out of play then you're live but the, I, I kind of see the difference there. so this was the the BBL uh, change uh, if you like um, from a couple of seasons ago when they said you could you could you could plant your feet over the boundary in the process of catching as long as you are off the ground when you re-parry that ball back into the play uh, that's, uh, that catch uh, will stick as was the case on this occasion Matthew Way didn't realise the rule most of the commentators don't understand the rule I don't think the, the actual fielders themselves understood the rule but it's one that will obviously get a lot of people thinking because if you hit a, la- a large six now that goes a long way over the rope what's to stop you scamping over the net and then parrying it back into the play. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> uh, one thing we can't be confused about is Manchester United today. They're on fire. And it's uh, Manchester United 4, Norwich 0. The fourth coming from the youngster, uh, Mason Greenwood. Such a sweet left peg he's got on him. He's uh, cut inside his man and he's just put it in the bottom corner of the Norwich goal past Tim Krull uh, from just on about 20 yards out so he's a fine fine <laughs> find uh, for Manchester United this season Marcus Rashford with the first two the second a penalty uh, Antti Martial with the third a header and now the lead is now 4-0 uh, with uh, 15 minutes remaining uh, Manchester United lead Norwich and uh, all three points are wrapped up there uh, in the red side of Manchester. Problems on the roads of the UAE. I hope you got it locked here on Dubai I 103.8. We'll give you some more of those problems and hotspots in just a few moments' time. Uh, plus, we've got plenty more sport for you between now and nine. Unbelievable goal! This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Indeed, it is. Game on down here at Barasti. Uh, and we are conscious not just of the games uh, and all the sport that's being played around us at the moment, but also the problems out there on the roads of the UAE. Uh, Ross Christ receiving a number of updates from friends, colleagues, volunteers out there on the roads of the UAE. Problems in and around the airport, Chris? Yeah, it looks like the airport is facing some serious problems right now. So if you have a flight, try to get there super early or take one of the fantastic things that we have here in Dubai. Take that Dubai Metro because that Dubai Metro will get you past the uh, all the puddles on our streets. So keep an eye out for that if you're heading out. Uh, this one's also one to take into account going into the night. Just got an update from the ARN News Centre. Also an update from... Sharjah Police. Take note of this for all those in Sharjah and obviously all those that uh, commute from Sharjah to Dubai. Sharjah Police have announced within the last hour the total closure of the Mohammed bin Zayed Road in Sharjah until further notice. Officials also announcing the partial closure of the Sheikh Khalifa bin Zayed Bridge due to the heavy rainfall earlier on today. 
Police authority uh, clarified that traffic heading towards the Sheikh Khalifa bin Zayed Junction has been redirected. The streets have been flooded after heavy rain hit several parts of the UAE. For more information, please download the ARN News Centre app uh, right now. And, of course, keep abreast of all of the updates from the RTA, from the Dubai Police and other authorities. Go steady out there on the roads of the UAE. Um, and hopefully uh, you'll get you home before UFC... What number are we up to? Two, well, we're at 246. 246. And we have, I guarantee I think we, that's a Southampton goal. I think we have a goal. I guarantee that's a Southampton goal. You are right, Tommy. It, it looks like it is a Southampton goal. We'll get you the go- we'll get you the goal scorer. But I can tell you, Barasti has a nice little Southampton crowd in here tonight because you can hear them from miles away. Southampton fan club, uh, always diligent fans down here at Barasti. So good to have them in tonight. And they've just uh, showed us that uh, Southampton have taken that lead away at Leicester. That's a big goal as well. Leicester flying high. Uh, Ralph Hasenhutl, who's been waving his magic wand in recent times. We'll get you a goal score on that one in just a few moments' time. UFC uh, 2 something or other is coming your way next weekend. Hopefully you'll be home by that. Yeah, that's right. This will be a T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's UFC 246. Connor. McGregor going back into the octagon, going against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Let's look at the tail of the tape between these two welterweights. Conor McGregor's coming in at 21-4. and four. He's going to be weighing in at 170 pounds with that 74-inch southpaw reach. Cowboy's coming in at 6-1-170 with the 73-inch uh, reach. He fights out of the orthodox stance. And uh, a, a true veteran of the sport of the welterweight division, very well respected in the MMA community. Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He trains out in his farm with quite interesting training. Conor McGregor's kept his head down kind of throughout this camp. Hasn't been talking much. Hasn't been his usual self. And I think Conor McGregor in his last fight, he got a little bit humbled and he's just, he's trying to maybe take a step back and check himself to make sure he's all ready to get back into that octagon because don't get it twisted. Donald Cerrone is no easy layup. This man holds two records in the UFC. One of them's for the most ground kicks. He's a very, very good striker as well. But Conor McGregor, of course, is a very, very fast striker. So uh, the, the the, the, the heavy favorite coming into this one, according to Las Vegas, is Conor McGregor. But Cowboy will pose some problems. Conor caught up with reporters up before the big fight. How did we end up with Donald Taroni as your opponent? You seem to have many options. Why him? Well, I said I'd fight him, right? I mean, me and Donald have had a history, a long history. Well, not a long history, but we've had a history. It's an exciting bout. It's a fan-friendly bout. It's a, it's a fight that excites me. And it's a fight that I said I'd, 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 I'd partake. And I, I appreciate it. I appreciate Donald, I have to say. Like, you know, he's fought a lot of times. And since the last time I saw him, I saw him at the, that Aldo press conference many, many years ago. He's gone on and, and, and fought so many times. He's also a, fa- a family man and w- with his grandmother and these things. I appreciate that and I, and I respect that. And I also respect the method, the method he went about with the proper whiskey. And, you know, I, there's so much so much work goes into these things and have a bit to see that bit of respect I appreciate that and I look forward to having a good bout and I know you're not interested in that and I know you say that wasn't the wrong the wrong way for, but for me in this part of my li- in this time of my life that is the right way to go about it you know and especially now and um, I'm happy to come back and have my comeback fight in the beginning of, of of my season against Donald and I look forward to it it's going to be a good night 
and I'm going to shine here on January 18th. I'm going to create magic inside the octagon, like I have done many times before. But this is going to be something special. So the, the, the opponent and the weight was your decision, ultimately, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You could have made this at 155. I, I'm, I'm underweight right now, so... How much do you weigh on this Friday before the fight? I'm, I'm underweight. I'd say 160, 160 and a bit. So why not make him... I know, I could have... I just don't think he looks well at 155, right? He does not look well at 155. He's a 175. So don't you want him to suffer on the way to the... Why would I want someone to... I don't care. No, I I could beat him if he... I'd beat him any blading. I'd beat him at any weight. I'd beat him when he blading. You know what I mean? I'd beat him if I had the flu. So, like, I don't... uh, I don't need... You know what I mean? I don't need that. I just want to focus on my training and and keep me sharp. And, you know, I don't got to cut and then build and then cut. It's not... You know, it's. I'm happy where I'm at, and also 170 is an exciting one for me. I like 170. I like what's going on in the 170 division at the minute. You got Jorge with that belt. You got the other guys with, the, with fighting for the belt, and um, I like all, all what's going on at 170. And I feel good at 170. I feel energetic. It's, it's what I weigh. It's what I weigh, and 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 that's it. So it opens up so many more options, right? It so are you done at 155? No, I'm not done at 155. No, hey, I could make I could make 155. This 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 fight, no problem. But um, I just want to go in fresh and as it is. Let, let, the, let, let the fight play as it is and then open up all my options. Never, never a loss for words, Mr. Conor McGregor there. It sounds, uh, yeah, he, he says he can beat him with the flu. So basically what they were talking about there, gentlemen, Conor McGregor is very dominant at the 155 weight. They're fighting at 170, which is what more Donald uh, Cowboy Cerrone's weight. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Conor McGregor fighting at a little bit of a heavier weight. He hasn't posed that well in the past at that, but we'll see how he does. Elsewhere on the card, American Holly Holm going against Raquel Pennington. Uh, heavyweight division, Maurice Green going Aleski Olenak. Claudia Gladell going against Alexa Grosso. And Anthony Pettis going against Diera Farah. So if you want to get up for this one, this will be January 19th. Um, in Las Vegas, so you're going to have to get up here early sun- next Sunday morning, I believe, for the early prelims for this fight. This will be a very, very fun and entertaining one for the UFC. Indeed it will. Talking of fun and entertaining, um, that, surprising enough, has been what the ATP Cup's been for me. I've enjoyed it. I didn't really get it when it first got launched. I thought, oh, another tournament on tour. Do we really need another tournament? Uh, plus, we've got the Davis Cup, and now this seems to sort of rub shoulders or clash heads with that one but it seems to work i've enjoyed it i've enjoyed some of the bouts in fact uh, let's have a little listen in to the uh, dare i say it, the aussies beating team gb uh, obviously i didn't resu- enjoy the result there uh, but the australians really have lit up this tournament and with all the problems that the country of australia is going through at the moment i think uh, it was a very very uh, well worth victory let's hear how australia beat gb in the atp Kyrgios again steps up to the line to try and win it. It's not official yet. It is now! Couldn't be prouder of these two, the way they left it all out in the court. Gave 100% for their country and, uh, you know, just thrilled. Yeah, it's crazy. It was ridiculous. It was so tense. Uh, I don't think it's good for the heart, but... You know, I would do anything for for this team. Your heart was just like pounding. <laughs> we were all like... We were in the locker room watching every point. Everybody was jumping, standing up. I just knew things were going to get... I knew it was going to get close at some stage, but not like that. Hopefully, one of the best days of my career so far. Um, 
Kyrgios, I mean, the bad boy of tennis, but he seems to be winning through fans, doesn't he? He's uh, obviously had his bushfire appeal with the Aces as well. He's called for the charity game and helping to formulate a couple of results as well for his nation. Yeah, unfortunately, he falls to Spaniard uh, to the Spanish team 1-6, 4-6, so he didn't do too well in the semifinal bill. That was at the Ken Roosevelt Arena. But, yeah, he is picking up a little bit more fanfare. Maybe he has someone whispering in his ear saying, 2020 is a new approach, Mr. Kyrgios, because he seems to be uh, tr- tr- trying to win over the public a little bit better. Uh, Rafael Nadal will play Novak Djokovic. We're going to hear from Novak in a few moments' time, if we can, Benj. Uh, Spain take on Serbia in the inaugural ATP uh, Cup final in Sydney. Top-ranked Nadal came with a set-down to beat Australia's Alex de Minau and give Spain an unassailable 2-0 lead over the hosts. World number two, Djokovic had earlier beaten US Open finalist Dani Medvedev as Serbia beat Russia. Djokovic beat Nadal in straight sets in last year's Aussie Open final, leads their head-to-head 28-26 at the moment. Uh, He has also not lost to Nadal on a hard court since the 2013 US Open final. It is uh, set to be a great one uh, with some of the greats of the game uh, taking to the final as well. Let's hear from Novak uh, after uh, his quarters win a little earlier on. We did feel like we we had a home court advantage and uh, tough conditions for for Canadian players but I mean uh, credit to Dennis for Fighting, uh, fighting and playing extremely well. Thought this was the best quality tennis he has played against me ever, and uh, it's very close to win. Uh, I thought we both uh, gave it all, and uh, you know, playing for your nation always extracts the the last drop of energy that you and strength that you have. So uh, this kind of conditions and this kind of uh, atmosphere really gave me wings, and uh, so so happy, so happy right now to win for Serbia. Captain, thanks for joining us. I have to ask you, so you have one of the greatest athletes that we've ever seen in sport on your team. What, what are you saying in his ear? Uh, I, have to say, I, have to say, I have to say it's a big responsibility, you know, because he's playing the way he's been playing. You know, I'm, I'm there just uh, to help, to see if I can help with a little advice here and there, but he has to do everything on the court. And... Uh, for me, it was just pleasure to, to watch this kind of a fight, this kind of atmosphere. It was tremendous level of tennis, both tennis and Novak played. I think it was, uh, it was a paradise for the ice, to be honest, for all the tennis fans. And uh, really, really happy that we got through. Uh, two love against a young, very tough team. Uh, can be more happy. And Novak, I just have to ask you, it was such a tight match, so tense. You're serving for the match, you're down love 30. But you managed to find time to give someone in the crowd a water when they were struggling. No, no, no you got to give him credit for that. He thought he thought of the water. I was just a, uh, a messenger, was, right? Was, I was I was I was passing on. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't want to see uh, anybody fainting or you know uh, feeling bad. And uh, I hope I hope ladies feeling feeling okay. Uh, yeah, after that, I served uh, two fantastic <laughs> serves, and then um, pardon my language, screwed it up a little bit, but. Uh, in the end of the day, you know, I won the match and played a really, really solid tie break, and um, I'm really happy with it. You're listening to The Grill. More of the biggest sports stories now on Dubai I 103.8. So full-time whistles are starting to be blown around the Premier League grounds at the moment. Uh, we will bring you those results as and when they get confirmed. In fact, first of those results has been confirmed up at uh, Old Trafford. Uh, Mark Archer with a wry grin on his face. Yeah, full-time at Old Trafford, Manchester United 4, Norwich City 0. 
First two goals by Marcus Rashford, Antti Martial with the third with the header, and then the youngster Mason Greenwood with the fourth goal. Comprehensive win for Jose Mourinho's, uh, no, not Jose Mourinho, he's, play, he's up soon. He's up the next. The Spurs, yeah, losing track of the managers. Uh, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, good win. Moves Manchester United, I think, into fifth position in the Premier League. So Manchester United four, Norwich City nil. It's full-time at Old Trafford. Talking of uh, Jose Mourinho, he's in action very shortly. Uh, it is Spurs taking on Liverpool, uh, cracking uh, final game for the Premier League action this evening. Uh, that game coming away in a few moments' time. 9.30 kickoff. Uh, let's hear from the two managers now. Uh, as you can imagine, plenty of respect between the two. We know. We know the situation. We know how good uh, they are. We can imagine that in this room, uh, probably only two persons think that we can win. We are maybe only two, but we believe. You know, we believe. We have to believe. <laughs> if you don't believe, you, f- you get out, man. Jose Mourinho is a world-class manager with a, with a specific mindset, I would say. So let's see how he wants to win with all he has from here to there. So, and um, that's, I, I, I respect that a lot. So that means um, each situation his team is in, he tries to use for his team. Possibly because he, if, if you are, so if you would be now Tottenham in the situation of us, and we come there, he would try to use that. Now it's the other way around, so now he tries to use that. That's how football is, that's how, how managers work. And he's very. Um, so, look, I don't want to create headlines, but uh, there are a couple of games which are really. Uh, I don't remember that we played a game in the last two or three years where I thought before the game, oh, thank God it's him as a manager and not somebody else. So it's just tough against all of them for, for really different reasons. It's, it's tough against the Jose Mourinho team, but the good news is, oh, in this case I'm not sure if he was a better football than I was, but the good news is we didn't play, we don't play. It's um, We, we sent out two, two games full of experience and, um, and desire to change or continue their the own situation and that's that at the end we have to make sure that that works out don't think anybody wants to play against us in the moment it's a Tottenham the, the, my preferred opponent for the weekend probably not but it's the opponent so and we are the opponent of Tottenham and so let's try the best full time at Stamford Bridge Chelsea taking all the points there they beat Thurnley at Burnley by three goals now the big result uh, so far today uh, is that victory for Southampton uh, Southampton have beaten Leicester City at Leicester as well. Everton also confirmed as winners against Brighton. It is Ross Christ who is punching the air at the moment, killing it. I I have won my killer league. For those of you sitting at home, you just pick a winner every week. I made it all the way to this week, and I needed Everton to win, and I have just won the league. Way to go, Ross Still playing uh, at Newcastle, uh, sorry, at Wolves, where Wolves take you on Newcastle. So I'll keep an eye on that one for you. Uh, and uh, just waiting for confirmation on the Brighton results. It's full-time there in the Brighton game as well. Uh, so Everton uh, beating Brighton by that uh, one goal to nil confirmed. Uh, with regards to your late kickoff, uh, let's give you some Liverpool news. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain starts for Liverpool in this evening's Premier League encounter with Tottenham Hotspur. Good news for those that thought the Ox might be out for a bit longer. The number 15 begins in midfield as Jurgen Klopp makes 10 changes to the team deployed against Everton in the FA Cup last week uh, last weekend. Uh, Zeredan Shakiri is back on the bench after recovering from energy, uh, injury, as too is Takumi Minamino. Uh, so your starting lineup: Allison, Alexander, Arnold, Gomez, Van Dijk, Robertson, Henderson, Vinaldum, Oxlade-Chamberlain, and then Mane, Salah, 
and Firmino. On the subs bench, you've got Adrian, Minamino, Lalana, Shakiri, Origi, Phillips and Williams. Arch, Mourinho? Yeah, he's got some serious problems, Jose Mourinho, because he's got his talisman and captain uh, Harry Kane has been ruled out until April with his uh, injury situation. And also Musa Sissoko has also been ruled out until April. So two key players for Spurs will be missing for many months now. Uh, starting lineup for Tottenham in this match, Gazaniga in goal, Sanchez, Alderweireld, Tartanga, Aurier at the back four, Harry Winks, Christian Eriksen, Danny Rose, and Lucas Moura in the midfield. And then Delhi Ali and Sun Hong Min will be the men up front. But uh, it's going to be tough for Tottenham with those two major guys, Harry Kane and Musa Sissoko, both ruled out until April with hamstring and knee injuries, Tom. Yep, uh, it is going to be interesting to see uh, how he fares in this one. He's got a bit of history against Liverpool as well. He's always been very vocal, uh, has Jose. Uh, which way do you see this one going, boys? Let's get some predictions. Let's start with you, Christo. I'm going to say the Spurs. I think they get it done. They don't need Kane out there. Well, They're going I'm to get following it done. you today, yeah, mate. I'm, I'm following d- you, so yeah, whatever you say. That's right. Um, I got the hot hand right now. I'll say Spurs 2-1. to one. There we go. Archie? Yeah, I think Ross has probably won his one result for the day, and he's got that one correct. But I think Liverpool, look at where they are. They are now 13 points clear of second-place Leicester with two games in hand. If they win today, they go, it's a massive massive lead, 16 points, and it's all but wrapped up, I think, the Premier League. Uh, For me, Liverpool will be too strong. That's pretty much a full-strength lineup for Liverpool. And Tottenham, missing players. They are at home, which will be an advantage to them. But I see see Liverpool winning this 2-0. Full-time in the Premier League. We'll give you your official results uh, right now. Mark Archer can work us through them like the Vidi printer he is. Yeah, early kickoff today it's at uh, Selhurst Park. It's Crystal Palace drew with Arsenal one goal apiece. Stamford Bridge full-time. Chelsea three, Burnley nil. Everton had the win against Brighton, one goal to nil. Leicester at home, defeated by Southampton 2-1. At Old Trafford, Manchester United put four away past Norwich, winning 4-0. And at Molyneux Park, Wolverhampton Wanderers won... Newcastle United won. Uh, the big news coming from the championship today uh, is Leeds being beaten at home by arch rivals Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday 2, Leeds nil is the full time that has filtered through to us uh, from the championship, which could have an impact at the top of the table. Other results that have been confirmed, Stoke against Millwall finished nil nil in that one. Wigan have been on the hand of a home beating as well. Bristol City beating Wigan by two goals to nil. A four goal thriller up at Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough 2, Derby 2 is how it finished there. Uh, and results still coming in from the others. Barnsley leading Huddersfield. Blackburn, Preston locked at one apiece. As are Charlton, West Brom, two apiece down there. Fulham have beaten Hull uh, at Hull for another away win. And Birmingham uh, still in the seventh minute of extra time uh, taking on Luton. Birmingham with a goal advantage at present. Seventh minute of extra time also being played at Reading where Nottingham Forest are beating Reading by that solitary goal 2-0. Full time's coming in for you as and when we get them we will of course uh, report them to you. We're all but done. Do stick around though. Come on down to Barasti if you want to watch the late kickoff. It is Jose against Jürgen. They love each other really as they've just been spouting there but there could be fireworks 
on the sideline. It is Spurs against Liverpool. Must watch game, get yourself down here because it looks like none of us are going to get to work tomorrow anyway, so you might as well make a night of it. Final words from you, Mr. Ross Chris. Yeah, if you want to stay up and watch the uh, early start for the Vikings 49ers game, that'll be tonight or tomorrow morning at 1.35. I will be out and about, so get in touch with me on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Ross Talks, and we can watch the 49ers take on the Vikings, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California. Would you look at that? Absolutely ridiculous. Reading have just equalised in the 99th minute. 99 minutes on the clock. Reading 1, Nottingham Forest 1. Still playing down there at the moment. Birmingham have taken the points uh, down uh, in the... So the two goals in that game. Nottingham Forest scoring in the 96th minute. Reading scoring in the 99th minute. Football. Love it. Couldn't make it up. You wouldn't want to have left earlier, would you? Uh, 90 minutes to get away, for a, uh, get away from traffic, would you? Because you missed all the action in the final couple of minutes there, Tom. Ridiculous, this game. Love it. All to the same. Thank you very much indeed to you. Final thoughts from you, Mr Mark Archer. Yeah, I'll give you a couple of rugby results. Uh, Champions Cup today. Wins already for Claremont, Verne and Saracens. Five minutes to go in Glasgow, and here's the score for you. Glasgow 31, Exeter 31, all to play four for the points in that match in the final five minutes. And then the other match is Connick at home to Toulouse, and Toulouse uh, look well in control. They lead that match in the final eight minutes, 21 points to seven. Sit from the grill, from the grill indoors down here at Barasti. Uh, final word from us uh, at Dubai Eye 103.8. Uh, we are expecting more rain this evening. That rain is going to sit on the rain that's sitting on the roads at the moment, and it will cause troubles. Please, please, please do check with all your official sources, be it the RTA, be it the Dubai Police, be it Dubai Airports, or, of course, Dubai I-103.8 and the ARN News Centre. Hoping to keep you moving on a Sunday morning commute. As for the kids... Well, go to bed now, because you're getting up for school tomorrow morning. The KHD ain't said nothing yet. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.